Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia Roots 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. The big story in all the sports is what happened last night in Lawrence at Fog Island Fieldhouse at the end of the game. Sylvia D'Souza. D'Souza has been suspended indefinitely by Bill Self. That is just step one. Because by suspending him indefinitely, that now gives the conference the opportunity to then have some time to levy what their penalty will be. I don't think he should play another game the rest of the season. You cannot pick up a chair. Yeah, pushing and shoving and whatever. Okay, that happens and should warrant a suspension. The moment you pick up a chair, now you have crossed over every line. He did that. Not only that, guess which section the incident happened in? The handicap section. You're kidding me. Really? Cheerleaders are there. People with courtside opportunity there. Not because of reasons they want, but because that's what life dictated to them, and they have an opportunity to sit there because it's the right thing to do. And you have both benches emptying. Uh, I actually, let me put this to you in a different realm. You may or may not have seen this last night, but Illinois was playing Purdue. Alan Griffin of Illinois, on a play underneath the basket, took his foot and put it right into the chest of Sasha Stevanovich of Purdue. Very much like Christian Leitner with Amino Timberlake of Kentucky. And you're saying, how do you remember Amino Timberlake? Because in that season, Penn State played in the Kuppenheimer tournament. And even though Penn State didn't play Kentucky, they played Georgia. Kentucky played Georgia Tech. At the dinner the night before, they put different players at different tables. The person sitting directly to my right in the chair next to me was Amino Timberlake. I had an opportunity to get to know him a little bit for two hours. Well, Alan Griffin did that last night for Illinois. Boom, foot into chest. Every once in a while, you've got to make a statement about something to make sure everybody falls in the line. I would suspend Alan Griffin for five games. Five games. Why? Because I am now telling everybody in the league, no more lines crossed. No more nonsense in handshake lines. No more nonsense on the floor. You do that, you're going to get hit hard. And it's going to cost you and it's going to cost your team. I would suspend Alan Griffin for five games. Yeah, that's that. Is that harsh? Overly harsh? Probably. Yes. 
It probably is. But you have to put a stop to it, and I would I would take give him the five games because I am now trying to prevent a Silvio DeSuso incident at the end of a game between Kansas and Kansas State. I'm trying to take preemptive action on something where the player did not get hurt, but it was wide open, everybody could see it, and it was egregious. College basketball in 2012-2013 went to what I felt was a progressive officiating model where they were trying to get more passing, shooting, movement, and flow into the game. So in order to do that, they called every foul on the face of the earth in the attempt to, you're going to stop fouling. You're going to adapt to how we're officiating the game. The problem was the games were starting to go and this was in November into December, two hours and 20 minutes. As all of you know, in the world of television, these games are meant to be in two-hour windows because as soon as the noon game is over, the 2.15 game is next. And as soon as the 2.15 game is over, the 4.30 game is next. So they're meant to be in these two-hour windows, and the networks then get a few minutes to go back to the studio and create a buffer to then look back upon and then look ahead to the next game. Well, the 220 was wrecking all of that, and I understand that completely. College basketball said in 2012-2013 they would look at the first 1,000 games and the first 1,000 games would be by December 15th. You're saying there's a 1,000 games? Well, that was them looking at all the games from Division One, Division Two, and Division Three. And when they hit December 15th, they then started reverting back to the old way of officiating. And fewer fouls were called. But then, as time has gone, rougher play has happened. Some leagues, like the Big Ten, are far more physical than, say, the Pac-12 and are officiated that way. We've already seen this year the example of one uh, predominantly West Coast official do a couple of Big Ten games, and they're calling fouls left and right on things because they're not used to seeing as much contact in the leagues that they work in, Mountain West, Pac-12. I'm not going to get into the name of the official, but predominantly that official works out West. When he's worked a couple of games in this conference, he's called more fouls than other people because he's not used to seeing that kind of... It's it's, It's more finesse officiating out there than it is here. Officiating does come into play in all of this. And that's one of the things I'm going to look for tonight. I want to see the first seven or eight minutes of this game tonight. How many fouls are going to be called? And are the number of fouls being called tonight a reaction to what happened last night in Lawrence, Kansas? And it could have an effect on the game as to how it plays out tonight. 
and I'm not talking about this game. It could have an effect on games all over the country tonight because of what happened. The unwritten rules, of course, of sports we've talked about before. But I'll give you a good example. At the end of the Ohio State-Penn State game, the ball was tossed into Mike Watkins. Watkins just, like, let it hit his hand and dropped down. And Dwayne Washington picked it up and he laid it in. What did Penn State do? Penn State walked away. Got into the uh, handshake line and just walked away. Didn't care. Penn State was winning the game. I mean, what, 9.7 seconds ago, Penn State's up by 18 points. They won by 14. Okay, great. And that's it. Last night, Bruce Weber did tell his kids, look, no fouls, no nonsense. Let's just, you know, just, we're in the waning seconds. Let's leave. Okay. And the kid stole the ball, and then D'Souza went down, and he blocked it. Then he had to stand over him. Then he had to woof on him. And then, you know, now everything breaks out. Now he's pushing and shoving. Now the chair is picked up, and it ends up being an incredible mess and an incredible black eye for sports. Fortunately, the chair did not make any movement forward. Eventually, it was either knocked out of or fell out of his hands. Because at that point, you're now crossed from sports penalty to criminal activity. You strike him with the chair. I mean, that's not, you know, now it becomes a criminal event. Fortunately, that, that, that didn't happen. But in my opinion, Sylvia D'Souza is, to me, should be done for the year. There should be no avenue for him to play college basketball the rest of the season. He forfeited that by what he did at the end of the game last night. It's not going to be the Big 12's fault. It's not going to be Bill Self's fault. It's going to be Silvio D'Souza's fault. Alan Griffin, I would suspend for five games. Now, if somebody wanted to knock it down to three, whatever, it can't be a one-gamer. can't be a two-gamer. It's got to be more than that. You've got to tell the players in this league... Guess what? Anything that crosses the line, all right, you're going to hurt your team. You're going to hurt yourself and your team. And Alan Griffin last night took his foot and boom, popped it into the chest of Purdue's player. Now, is it too harsh? Probably. But I also think that after in combination of last night between the two incidents I'd rather send a message now than have something worse happen later believe me coaches across the country today from Nathan Davis to Patrick Chambers to Juwan Howard are all telling their players about last night so the conversations are already happening so that part of the preemptive take by coaches is happening. But I think that between the Big 12 and the Big 10, each has to send a message. And yeah, I don't care. I don't know. I know it's February 18th and I, when Penn State plays Illinois, so I don't know if that's five or six games away. I would have to sit down and look it up. 
because I know I got a game tonight. I got the weekend off. Then I got Indiana here. Then I got ooh, Indiana here. Then at Nebraska. Then at Michigan State. Then home in Minnesota. Then after that, I, I've got to regroup as to where I am on the schedule. So what is, So I don't think that's five games. So you'd be back in time for Penn State. But I'm sorry. I, I, the Big Ten did not put the, the foot into the kid. He did. And when you take that in combination with what happened in Lawrence last night, you have to take a stand. You have to be preemptive and clean it up. The, the, the one thing you can do to a player on the collegiate level, right? you can't find him, but you can hit him where it really hurts, and that is playing. That's where it hurts, taking away playing time. And so by doing this to somebody, you now have put out the threat that will make possibly somebody else think twice about crossing the line and better yet, just walking away, saying, look, I can't risk getting suspended. Look what they did to Griffin. Look what they did to D'Souza. The rough-and-tumble Matt Catrillo is here today, who many times in a CYO basketball game has acted like that. Oh, yeah. I'm on on the most wanted list. And that's why we're hoping that Lisa ends up being the positive influence little Luke needs in life. All right, we'll come back. She probably will be anyway. (laughs) Thank goodness. Uh, Did I mention yesterday uh, during the course of the show when you were talking about going to Disney for the 212th time that she's a saint? Yes. All right, well, (laughs) we'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applications applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back. Great to have you with us on the show today. I sound like the hanging judge, don't I? <laughs> oh, I'm over here trying. I'm over here uh, telling everybody that uh, um, guys should be suspended and things like that. Well, you're uh, right, though. Uh, did you? Oh, about time. By the way, did you see that on the college football playoff committee who was put on the committee? Yes, 
I just shared John this two on, Yep, I just shared. I just shared this two on the uh, on yeah. the show Twitter and Facebook pages. Yeah, one of three now new uh, CFP committee members. Yep. So that means uh, I believe I believe what it means is that uh, when Penn State is considered, uh, John will have to leave the room, or something like that. Whatever. Uh, because of the can I, I don't know. Well, I'd, I'd have to find out for sure. But being a Penn State grad now, maybe not because he's not officially affiliated with the university. He might not have to. But John will be very thoughtful as to what he does. He is not only highly intelligent. John knows football. And I remember at the quarterback club, and. Uh, John had talked to me like two weeks before he was on the quarterback. We were just chit-chatting, and he, he, he was a mild complaint. And, and, and he had said to me, he says, geez, Steve, he says, every time I turn around, he says, all everybody wants to do is talk to me about math all the time. He says, I love football. So, like, I don't know, two, maybe it was a month later. A month later, he's at the quarterback club, and I asked him nothing but football questions. Didn't ask him about math didn't want him to get up there on a whiteboard show by the Pythagorean theorem or anything like that. And he leaned over to me and we're done. He says, hey, thanks. That was, he says, you know, he says, it doesn't hurt to be known as a football player, too. And John was a very good football player. Very, very good. Started here, worked his way up, <laughs> struggled in some of the early <laughs> weightlifting things with, with JT. Then once he got used to that, he was fine. Uh, but <laughs> I was talking to Greg Miskinis, who's the strength and conditioning coach for basketball. <laughs> He's talking about John's first couple of weightlifting sessions didn't go as well as he had hoped. <laughs> JT was not very happy with him. But then John's a smart guy. He then figured out what he was supposed to do, how he was supposed to do, and then became obviously a starter. And then from there, Got into the NFL. He was in the NFL for four years, something like that. You know, and now, of course, has been working at MIT. And I think the college football playoff committee could use a little MIT influence. Why not? Seth Greenberg on the show today. Looking forward to that. Tomorrow, by the way... We're going to have Bob Nightingale on the show. On the Hall of Fame vote. Derek Jeter in. And Larry Walker in. Kurt Schilling got 70%, so he increased by 10%. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Great to have you with us on the show today in Ann Arbor. Where tonight Penn State will take on Michigan at 7 on beginning at 630. Like they're showing on BTN right now a Penn State Classic. This is where they played fourth-ranked Michigan from February 27, 2013. And Penn State 
had not won a Big Ten game to this point. It's the end of February. Hadn't won a Big Ten game at this point. Michigan's ranked fourth on the team that eventually went to the national championship game and lost to Louisville. Right? And you're looking at it, of course, you know, part of the sadness of watching this is to see Jermaine Marshall out there playing for Penn State. Jermaine has since passed away. But it was one of those memorable nights. And I remember uh, the next day, you know, they played back some cuts from the radio broadcast, and Bill O'Brien called me up, and he goes, oh, say, I was driving in, I was listening to all this stuff. I said, yeah, it was a great night for those kids. Oh, a great night for Penn State. And it was. Jermaine Marshall just missed a three. All right. But uh, we'll talk to Seth Greenberg. What is Seth on next half hour? Yes, at 4.06, confirmed. Yeah. Good. Look forward to it. And he went off to... last night on SportsCenter. He should have. He should have. I'm actually going to ma- ask him one question first before I get to it, and that's going to be about the uh, passing of Mo- Morgan Wooten. Then I'll ask him about the uh, incidents last night. See, to me, it's a two-prong attack on that. And the reason it's two-prong is this. What D'Souza did last night in conjunction with others, but D'Souza was the one that picked up the chair, is just what's all wrong with sports. But to me, the Alan Griffin thing has to, is another opportunity for the league to gain control of what's going on. You gotta, you know, you got to gain some control. And yeah, I'm talking about maybe sacrificing a guy for a couple of games to send a message, but I think a message has to be sent. Okay? Go out and play. I mean, does talking happen on the floor? Yeah. Can you take talk like anything? Can you take talk too far? Yes. In fact, to be honest with you, you can yap your way out of having a good game yourself. You spend so much time talking that you, you know, don't go out there and and play because you're too busy yapping. You're concentrating too much on yapping. And there's a little too much yapping going on right now uh, in sports. Um, and I mean, even something as simple as the handshake line at the end. Even there's some garbage happening in that right now. Guys refusing to shake hands, just turning away. Look, at some point, your 18 to 23-year-old individuals, grow up. Grow up. Well, I mean, I realize, you know, in, in sports sometimes talking a little trash happens. Well, fine. As long as it's within reason and you're backing it up, it's the guys that don't back it up where you sit back and go, what are you doing? <laughs> Why'd you keep your mouth shut and play? The reason you need to keep your mouth shut and play is that you're not backing up your talk. And there's a little bit too much of that going on right now. Mike Watkins the other day had the ball stripped away from him at the, at the bottom of the basket at the end of the game. Dwayne Washington scored. And Mike Watkins turned and walked away. He didn't care. Penn State won the game. For some reason, D'Souza cared about what happened. He got his pocket picked. Okay, then he hustled back, and he blocked it. Then at that point, instead of walking away, he had to take it two steps further. And then he took it 20 steps further. 
And right now, he's you know, in, in, in terms of taking steps, he's taking several steps to getting himself out of college basketball permanently. Because I think everyone feels he's a one-and-done. But I don't think he should play another game this season. Uh, two guys elected to baseball's Hall of Fame, uh, Derek Jeter, Larry Walker. Uh, obviously, both deserved it. Uh, I am with the group of individuals that feel that more than two names belong. Um, I, you know, I am a big believer in Kurt Schilling. Um, I'm also a believer that you know what he has done either on Twitter or what he has, or or verbally over the over the course of his lifetime, and I think maybe affecting some votes. Uh, I I do know that if I'm somebody who's managing. And it's the seventh game of the World Series. There's a certain number of guys that I would look at in the history of baseball and hand the ball to. Uh, Bob Gibson would be one. Uh, Sandy Koufax would be another. Uh, another one would be Jack Morris and Kurt Schilling. Those are some of the guys that game seven, you take ball, you go. Because I know you're going to give me your absolute best. And some guys react really well, and he's one of them. Uh, but there are also a couple of other guys in there. I'll tell you a guy that, as time has gone, I've become more convinced about, and that's Jeff Kent. Uh, the more I look at what he did, I was never like a big, well, watching a big Jeff Kent guy. But, geez, the more I look at it, the more I, I look back at his numbers and his career, the steadiness that he put in, and he was not, wasn't accused of anything along the way. So, I mean, it, it, there, there's a number of guys. I mean, uh, Tim Kirchner voted for 10 guys. I can vote for 10 guys easily. Now, I think the door, now, I think next year's the pivotal year. If you are Barry Bonds and you are Roger Clemens, Next year is the pivotal year. Why? Because there are no first ballot guys. Next year. None. I think that's, I mean, and uh, so there's nobody's going to jump on that ballot that makes you go, whoa. Now, can you get the 75%? We're going to talk to Bob Nightingale about that tomorrow. We're also going to have somebody on from Pro Football Focus tomorrow about the Senior Bowl. we got a lot going on tomorrow. All right, you're leaving early tomorrow, right? No, actually, I'm leaving early today for Bucknell Women's Hoops. Uh, we got a show going on here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah. You begged to be on the show. Now you're on the show. Now you're going to leave. I, thought, I just, I don't know. I went through that the first few years with what's his name. <laughs> We're gonna start calling you mini suit. No, <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> we love you. Don't worry about it. Uh, what time's their game tonight? Uh, Six o'clock tip at Soika. They got Colgate yeah. tonight. Oh, good. 
How well are they playing? And I, I ask this with all due respect because, as you know, I'm a big Kelly Mazanti fan both on and off the floor. Yeah, they're, they're having a great year, 13-4, and four, same as Colgate tonight, and this will be another battle of one of the top teams in the Patriot League right now. Uh, Bucknell 5-0 and in Patriot League play after demolishing Lehigh on the road, which was the preseason favorite. So they're looking really, really good. Also doing this without their starting port guard, Marley Walls, who is out for the rest of the year with a torn oh. ACL and MCL. Boy. Yeah, yeah Trevor tough. Woodruff's done a, is a great coach. You can tell that right off the bat. Haven't had the privilege of meeting uh, Trevor. Uh, obviously, he's doing a great job. Yeah, great guy. Uh, and as you know, I am a big fan, both on and off the floor, of Kelly Mazzetti. So uh, please, if you get a chance and you uh, happen to see Kelly uh, before the game tonight, please give her my best because uh, I think Definitely. She, is, she is one of the best. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, with all due respect to Bucknell, I hope she gets a head coaching job here down the road. I think she would do a great job for somebody. I really do. She knows the game and has a great personality for it. Good teacher of it. So, yeah, she had. To, she is somebody who, from high school into college, she had a lot of success. But see, she worked really hard for all of that success. And anybody that works really hard to get their success like she did, you end up being a very good teacher of it. Uh, all right, so Penn State and Michigan tonight here at uh, Chrysler Arena at uh, 7 and uh, on at uh, 6.30. I will not be leaving the show early tonight. I, I have priorities. <laughs> How long does it take you to get from the station to the Soika? Twenty minutes? Because uh, you, you have to park and yeah, fi- but you, about but fifteen you, minutes. But I still have all my pregame stuff that yeah. I got to do. So Mike Grimm, who's doing Minnesota, and Mike is one of the great guys out there. And as you know, how much respect I have for Mike. And <laughs> Mike sends me this text after the Minnesota game. I didn't see Mike before the game. Now. To be honest, we are in different locations in the arena now. They are at midcourt, and we are in the corner. And I believe I made the comment on the air, hey, you know the seats they used to have us in at midcourt? I said, I noticed there's nobody sitting in them. <laughs> it's like, stop going for the dollars here. right? But that's all right. Uh, so Mike sends me this text. In fact, I should read this. You really like this. Okay. Now, Mike has been named the Minnesota – in fact, he was just named the Minnesota Sportscaster of the Year again. Um, And they announced it at the game. Okay. So, Mike sends me a text after the game. And I made mention on the broadcast about, you know – him being honored, and what a great year! And I, you know, after the Outback Bowl, I texted Mike right after the Outback Bowl. Um, let me see here. Yeah, here we go, Mike. Hey, Steve, sorry I missed you in the pregame. I always like to catch up with you, but I had a weird thing with my car that was, because it was going to get towed outside the arena, so I had to move it. I parked in the wrong spot, and I was scrambling, so I didn't get a chance to come over and say hi. My apologies. <laughs> Whoops. The guy, he's the play-by-play guy. 
<laughs> he's done all these great things for him, and they're going to tow his car. That's not right. <laughs> oh, well, uh, you'll love this one. Remember Magic Johnson, like three, four years ago, sp- spoke at Eisenhower Auditorium? So Magic Johnson's on campus. Now, Magic Johnson didn't drive over. He had a driver drive him over, and he drops him off in back of Eisenhower. <laughs> they tried to ticket and tow the car. Oh, jeez. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> okay. 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 I know you think this is Irvin Johnson. This is actually Magic Johnson. <laughs> exactly. Who calls him that anyway? Probably his mom. <laughs> hey, actually, you're probably right about that. It's like, come on. Let's use some common sense here. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's a violation. So we can't have Matt Catrillo towed. I don't want you towed. I don't want you to be in a. I don't want you to be in a Mike Grimm situation, where the poor Grimmer was sitting there worried about being towed. We can't have you out in the wilderness. I mean, you have a wife and a child to look after now. Yeah, let's not have that happen. So we need to have you leave the show early, and then the ever reliable, steady as a rock, Kyle Alexander will step in. Yes, and we'll finish the show. I notice, though, you aren't leaving until after Seth Greenberg's on. Exactly right. <laughs> hey, for all we know, you're at the travel agent setting up your next Disney trip. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, i got to set the big guest up, and then uh, this, this worked out perfectly. But had he picked 435, it would have stayed and, try, and, and, and made some things work on the other end. But I wanted 406 because it was our primary slot. Just having to work my schedule, too, so it was all good. I think the key was that last part. <laughs> you tell Kelly before the game I said hi. I will definitely do best. that. Give her my best. She's outstanding. All right. We will come in at 6 o'clock tonight. Uh, Bucknell women's basketball at Soika against Colgate. It's a big matchup of the Patriots tonight. We will come back with more in a moment from Ann Arbor. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. All right, welcome back. Great to have you with us on the show today. Uh, Seth Greenberg, next half hour. Looking forward to his insight, which is always outstanding, in my opinion. Uh, the professional coaching misses Seth Greenberg, but I think all of us benefit from hearing him all the time on TV. He's really good at it, really good at it. And so there are going to be certain things I want to ask him about. Uh, I will ask him about the, the passing of Morgan Wooten. Kansas, Kansas State primarily. Alan Griffin but then uh, with Illinois, but also a national viewpoint. On a season that has no dominant team and has no star which I think is made for some very interesting games believe it or not I don't know if it's more interesting when you don't have a Zion Williamson to be the focal point of a given game or a given week but you have a Big Ten where I, uh, Kevin Kugler and I were talking about this earlier today and we agree, you know, we we're going through it and we thought hey they 12 of the 14 teams we think are sitting right now with absolute NCAA aspirations 
in middle to late January. 12 of the 14. Really impressive. And I said, Kevin, it's going to get to the point where I think that we're going to get to the last two or three weeks of the season, and you're going to have a couple of elimination playoff games take place between some of those teams. Uh, and I and I said, and that's what it may come down to, to maybe whittle it down. 10-10, and 10, I believe, in the Big Ten is a lock and get you in in this particular year. But I also think that if you are 9-11 and 11 in the league – especially if you played a good non-conference schedule, if you are 9-11 and 11 in the league, I think you're going to get in. I think it's one of those years where you do not have to be 500. 9-11 could still get you into the NCAA tournament if you played a good strength of schedule because of the strength of the Big Ten. Tonight, Penn State comes into the game with the 20th-ranked schedule in the country which, by the way, as time goes, is only going to get a little bit better because of the competition they're playing. Michigan comes in with the third, I think in some areas, maybe the second-ranked schedule in the country. I mean, they've played almost everybody. And Michigan's numbers, by the way, here in Ann Arbor at Chrysler Arena, so much better than they are on the road. Night and day between the road numbers and the home numbers. And Juwan Howard has brought a lot of NBA concepts into the game. That's one of the reasons why you don't see, for example, them very often doubling the posts. John Teske's a tough matchup. This league has a lot of really good big men in it. Matt Harms of Purdue. Uh, John Teske of Michigan. Uh, you know, Penn State just faced Caleb Wesson. Um, obviously, the, the big kid from Minnesota has been playing really well. You know, Wisconsin's got Reavers. I mean, there's a lot of really good. I mean, Garza from Iowa. I mean, Garza from Iowa has been remarkable. He has scored 78 points against Michigan this year. He had 44 here the first time at Chrysler, and he had 34 Friday night at Carver Hawkeye. Said 78 points in two games against them. Gars is fabulous. There are so many. And I haven't even gotten to Mike Watkins. And on the Mike Watkins gauge, you know, we always talk about Mike being day by day and so forth. Okay, we'll just get this out here now so you know that, in my, in my opinion, based on shoot around today, Mike is live tonight. Okay? Mike is live tonight. One of the truly historic venues in the country had one of the truly historic bad moments in the history of the game last night. We'll talk with Seth Greenberg next half hour, brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Okay.